Hi, I'm Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily comedian meditation, where today we're talking about perfect love. First John chapter 4, it tells us that perfect love casts out or drives out all fear. So we're going to be taking communion over this passage of scripture today, asking God's help, asking God for his help to walk in this perfect love that drives out all fear. So why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business, and the business started out great, but I got into some tough times. I got some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife around the neighborhood, telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be more to life than this. And shortly after that, I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. And Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on the day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, 22 seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? After some time of thinking about it, I came to the conclusion that the most valuable thing we could pass on would be wisdom or teaching or training for how to truly live. And so I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, I began to totally immerse myself in the things of God. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way to live, this completely different way to operate my life. Well, we make him the source. We make him the center of everything, doing life together with him, connected with him. But that wasn't always easy all the time because learning to do things a new way meant I had to put off my old ways. And I went through some struggles to learn how to walk this out. And over the course of time, I just began to document the things I was learning, the things he was taking me through. And it turned into this series of books and courses and now partners that we have called the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe the most important lesson I would want to pass on to future generations will be daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. It has the ability to create a turning point in our life, to turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. It's an opportunity to remember his sacrifice to remember all that he did for us and what his sacrifice means for us today. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says, Every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in this new covenant. It's proclaiming the death that sets in motion all the benefits. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, to take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he went through. But it's also important, I think, to remember what his sacrifice means for us. So the process we use, we start with a two-minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter 1 and the prayer of Jabez found in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick, 
and they die early because they don't examine themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're talking about some physical fitness tips because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe, the same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities today to do good and be a blessing and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus, amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's where we talk about executing these four fundamentals and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there were steps and stages along the way. It didn't all just happen in one day. And in a similar way for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us in Christ, I think there's a process. There's some steps and some stages along the way. And very simply, I think it starts with believing God's got something better for our life, better than we could ever ask or think or dream or imagine. But that plan's probably going to look impossible. We have to be willing to move forward with his plan rather than wanting to go back to the way things used to be. And then we've got to connect with him. We've got to make him Lord. We've got to follow after his plan. We've got to learn to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living where we learn to rest, we learn to trust in him, to walk in faith, to walk in love and to allow his beautiful plan to unfold in his perfect timing. That's where these four fundamentals come in, I believe. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. 
Every day we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And this is like the on-off switch. Either we're in the light or we're in the darkness. And I think it starts with humility. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we got to take our position in forgiveness today. Receiving forgiveness from God. Forgiving ourselves in the middle when we miss it. Walking in forgiveness with other people. And to walk in the light, as we'll see today, is to walk in love. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith. And it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. Imagine a quarterback and a receiver. The quarterback throws the pass, but the receiver turns and he runs in the wrong direction. He's out of position to receive. When we step into the light, we're stepping into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that we get access to all those good things today. His spirit and power and presence his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, fellowship with God, fellowship with people, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all in there, available to be received. So step one, we got to get in position to receive it. And then we got to work to get it flowing through us out into the world. We see the fruit or the result of it in our life, which leads us to our second fundamental, which is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our hearts. Where we become more fixed or consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side, we've got a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side, we've got a basket full of our praises to God. Which basket are we going to fill up? With our thoughts, or our focus, our attention, our meditation, our words, which basket are we going to fill up? To magnify the light, we can fill up that basket of praise. Magnifying God for who he is. Magnifying him for all that he's done, for his word and his promises. His unfailing love and his faithfulness. All that he's done for us in Christ. And just stay focused on all the things that are going well. All that he's already done in our life. Because what he started, he's going to finish. Now, this is not denying that there's issues and problems. There's another basket there. But it's choosing to put our focus on that other basket. Because we trust that God can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness. Filling up that basket of the problems by venting and complaining and pouting toiling away in our mind, trying to figure everything out. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. Number one, there's going to be a lack of fellowship, a lack of fellowship with God, a lack of fellowship with people. We might find ourselves retaliating at people, withholding good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment. And on the inside, you feel all this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck and it seems like there's no way out. 
And all that weight and pressure on the inside just drains all the energy right out of you. And then emotionally, there's the fear and stress and worry. We're dreading things in the future, envisioning all these worst case scenarios. Maybe reliving bad things from the past. And unfortunately, this can become a pattern. This can become a vicious cycle in our life. They seems to keep repeating over and over again. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We have fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we, when we rest, God goes to work. And now all those good things he put in Christ begin to flow. And everything is free and easy and effortless and energizing. Because now it's God doing the work. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around. Get back into the light again. Because sometimes we miss it. And it's learning to recognize those symptoms quickly. I think it starts with getting more present. Recognizing those symptoms and what's going on. And then we humble ourselves. Father, forgive me. I've missed it. I'm off track. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves in the middle. If we need to reconcile with somebody else or say we're sorry or forgive, we take those steps. And then we start magnifying him, start praising him and thanking him for his grace and his goodness. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. And you go through that simple process and that weight just lifts off you. All of a sudden, everything begins to flow again. It's a beautiful thing. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. But we have to stay tuned in to him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And I like to start at the very top of my journal with what I call some filters. These filters help me stay in rhythm, in step with God. And so I like to start at the very top. And I just keep rewriting these things every night as a way to just reinforce. I like to start at the very top with, what's the big picture vision? Where do I feel like God is leading me in my life? For me personally, that's Abundant Life Training Centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. And then I want to bring it down into this year. Where do I feel like is the vision or direction that God gave me for this year? For example, for me personally, 2022, this year of 2022, the year of the beautiful land. I keep rewriting these things every night. And then I want to bring it down into the month. This month of July of 2022, what's the message I feel like God gave us for this month? In the Abundant Life Blueprint this month, our message was confidence through praise. So I keep writing that every night, confidence through praise, confidence through praise, through praising God consistently. We grow more confident in our faith. And then I want to bring it down into this week. As we go throughout the cycle of a year, different seasons, different times of the year, just give us different reminders of who God is. And what he's done for us in Christ. This time of year in July, I found it's a time to expand the vision. It's during this time of the year that I found God often gives us increased light. He begins to expand the vision. He begins to show us more. So I've just been writing that every night in my journal this week. Expand the vision. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position. And then to magnify. What went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? 
and get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, begin to write those things down. And then I want to bring my journal all the way down into today. I started with the big picture vision through this year, through this month, through this week, and I want to bring it down into today. And I'll plan out the upcoming day with God. And that's where I've learned to stick with. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God, toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle. That the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. And as I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say first thing in the morning? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1. The very first words that we see God speak. Let there be light. And so that's how I start my days now. The very first words out of my mouth. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. And then we get connected with him. We start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. That he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives, to make thing ha things happen in our life that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of everything that God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at the scripture today. 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. It says, God is love. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And this is how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. Some versions say, as he is, so are we in this world. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So let's read that one more time. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So I'm just thinking about this verse lately. Yesterday, I was in a time where, uh, in a disciplining situation with my daughter. And I came upstairs and she knew she was in a disciplined time. And she was scared of me. She was fearful of me coming up. I said, you know what? I need to make an adjustment here. I need to do this differently. And so we turned it into a time of gentleness, a time of connecting, something God has shown me. He wants us to be people who run to him rather than away from him when we have issues and problems. And the same way for us parents, we want our children to run to us when there's issues and problems rather than away from us. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. 
to help us to walk in this perfect love, to live in love, to live in you, so we have confidence in the day of judgment, because in this world, we are like Jesus. Help us to walk in this perfect love that you've given us. We love because you first loved us. We're asking for your help with that today. And we thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember, God sent us his one and only son. Out of his great love for us, Jesus is willing to come and humble himself unto death on a cross. And God pours the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. All of us like sheep, it says, had turned and done things our own way. We've all gone our own way. We've all gone astray. But he laid upon him the iniquities and the sins of us all. By his stripes we've been healed. He was crushed. He was destroyed by God. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. He's raised up and he's seated at God's right hand in heavenly places. And then God raises us up with him. Sits us together in heavenly places with him. Released us from darkness. Transferred us into the light. Gave us his blessing and his favor. Sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. So we could be his children. We could be his heirs. Gave us his Holy Spirit. If he would do all this, how would he not freely give us all things? He made us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. All through his one sacrifice. So Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. Into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king. His blood washes us and cleanses us, gives us this new covenant with God. This blood-sworn oath that God is with us and for us, he's working for our good. He gives us his covenant of love and of peace, of perfect love. And his covenant he will not break. So Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Bury juice, you can take a juice. All right, let's talk about some health and fitness. When I do workouts, this principle applies to not just workouts, but a lot of things. I think of two thresholds. There's a certain amount of work that we got to cross. There's a certain threshold we got to cross to get some progress, to get some results. And usually it's just getting started, showing up for the day and doing just a decent amount of work just to feel like we got things activated and moving and you're making some progress. But then there's another threshold on the other side that when we cross that threshold, it's just leading into fatigue and breakdown. It's too much. It's too much. And you're wearing your body out. You're destroying your body on that side. 
And that's where we're we're efforting, we're striving. It's learning to get into this middle zone. That's where all the results are. In between those two thresholds. Now you could say the same thing for your nutrition. We got to get enough nutrients and food into your body to produce health, to maintain and build your muscle, to repair your body, to provide the energy you need. You got to cross that threshold, but at a certain threshold, it's too much. It's learning to live in that middle zone there and understanding these two thresholds. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, we're building this community of people doing this together. You can go to the Abundant Life Training Center dot com.